Hi everyone, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers Haunted. I am Gina Grossbauer, your curator for all things spooky. Today we're going back to the basics. We're talking about the differences between thrillers, suspense films, and horror movies. Most times when you think about thrillers, horror movies, and suspense films, they're all lumped into the same category. Conversely though, you'll see many people who are fans of thrillers and don't go near a horror movie, and vice versa. Suspense films have the slowest pace with tension gradually building to a climax. Thriller movies are more fast paced and center around a darker storyline. Horror films are pretty straightforward, preparing you for the visuals and the scares and in the storytelling. Suspense films can also include that whodunit type of storytelling and center the film around looking for answers to a crime or an event that occurred at the very beginning of the movie. All three genres have one thing in common though, all of their stories are rooted in fear. To begin with an example of a suspenseful movie that burns incredibly slowly over the entire film time, two and a half hours of runtime, torture waiting for some answers, we'll talk about the movie Prisoners. This was a blockbuster hit starring Hugh Jackman that centers around his children and children in his neighborhood getting kidnapped. We see the movie almost entirely through the parents' eyes as they work with and through the police to find the kidnapper. It's a very painful movie to watch for parents, as this fear of having your child snatched up is terrifying, but it's also terrifying for other members of the audience to see just how slow the police are to react to this event and how many emotions come to the surface from both parties. After months of looking, some of the parents begin to accept the fate that their children are dead, but Hugh Jackman's character remains dedicated to the cause, finding himself entangled deeper and deeper into this kidnapping ploy. He finds a key person who's responsible for the kidnappings, and this person just says that it's nothing personal. This infuriates our main character, and he begins to torture the kidnapper, begging for details on where the children are. We eventually get an answer, which leads Hugh Jackman into a trap by the end of the movie. The police arrive at the same house at the same time, but just to do a quick sweep, with no one able to hear our main character. Unfortunately, this is how the movie ends, leaving us with a pit in our stomach and our jaw on the floor. Another film that centers around missing children is a hugely staining movie called The Lovely Bones. I saw this movie as a teenager and I wanted to revert back to the old days of holding my mom's hand walking across the parking lot. The Lovely Bones is a movie centering around Susie Salmon, a young suburban girl in the 1970s. She's super nice to everyone, almost to a fault, but otherwise lives a very normal teenage life. She walks home from school the same way every day through an empty cornfield, and one day finds her neighbor in the field asking her to check out this hangout area he built for her and her friends. Being so nice, she goes down to the bunker with him, realizing that it was a trap, and ends up being murdered by her neighbor right at the beginning of the movie. The missing person signs are all posted, her family's torn apart, the usual. However, we start to see Susie's perspective of going through this magical journey that we find out to be a sense of purgatory, meeting all of these random people along the way that will help her find her closure. She's able to communicate with her dad and her sister briefly by blowing out candles and showing herself in reflections of windows, doing what she can to help them catch her killers. The father becomes obsessed with doing the right right thing for Susie, and her sister takes matters into her own hands and breaks into the neighbor's house to find anything she can out about him. She finds a safe in his basement, which we later find out is where Susie's body is. 
The neighbor believes that he's close to being caught, so he leaves town and throws the safe with Susie's body in it into a dumpster. By the end of the film, Susie is able to find closure by watching the neighbor target another young girl, with this young girl ending up pushing the man down a steep, rocky hill, killing him. It's an incredibly powerful movie that focuses on parents losing children, but also the suspense of catching a killer and the fear of him doing this to others. Another movie worth mentioning with this type of suspense is Gone Girl. This movie takes the original missing persons movie and really flips it on its head. There are way too many points that have twists and turns throughout this movie to mention, but just know it's a great example of a suspense movie turned thriller, and it's worth checking out on a rainy day. Moving on to movies that encapsulate all three genres, I want to talk about the movies Frozen, The Night House, and Vivarium. Before I get into those movies, though, I would be remiss not to mention A Quiet Place. A Quiet Place is such a unique film in that the majority of the movie is silent, and that in and of itself plays into the audience, feeling like they need to hold their breath the entire time of the movie. It's a really trippy experience and makes you feel like you're a part of the film just by sitting there following the rules of this apocalyptic society that you're seeing play out on screen. This movie is a great option for people of almost all ages, too. So it's a great watch for those in your family that are interested in suspense, not horror, horror, not suspense, and everything in between. The first real horror suspense combo movie I want to mention, though, is a movie called Frozen. This movie is great in that you have no idea what's going to happen next, and each move that they make makes you hold your breath. The premise revolves around this group of college kids going to a ski resort over the weekend, trying to squeeze in one last slope ride for the evening. The resort ends up shutting down while they are halfway up the mountain on the ski lift, leaving the group trapped on the seat for the next week or so until the resort reopens for the following weekend. It's a very basic premise of being trapped in the woods or the mountains in the wintertime, but having a group of college kids dangling 50 plus feet in the air gives it that much more suspense. The group all tries to get down in all types of ways, dealing with broken wires of the lift and wolves that are in the woods and other issues, but we as the audience and the group themselves have no idea what's coming next at each step. This is one of those practical scary movies where you know that there is something like this could really happen, but it's not overtly scary enough to make it a true horror film, making it one of those great combos that will make you flinch, but not make you want to scream. The next movie to mention on this list is called Vivarium. This movie received mixed reviews upon release, but is one of the most terrifying movies ever without being blatantly scary. There are a few parts of this movie that can cause you to jump, making it lean more towards horror than suspense, but the entire movie is revolving around the point of what is actually going on, following the whodunit formula, within a situation rather than a particular crime. The premise revolves around a young couple looking to buy their first home. They meet a super sketchy realtor who shows them this green suburban neighborhood where every house and street is exactly the same. He tells them that they'll never have to move after buying this house, as it has the potential of being the forever home, a phrase many of us heard in the home buying process. However, for the couple, this does become their forever home. They attempt to leave the neighborhood, finding absolutely no way out and all roads leading back to the house that they toured. There's a baby dropped on their doorstep and a note that says that they will be freed once they raise the child. The child is half alien, half monster, half human, having a really creepy voice and talking in tongues to the TV to match the weird images that we see. In short, this movie is all about the fears of suburban living, 
with the film showing us multiple universes of people experiencing the same weird kidnapping, stuck in one of the greenhouses, being forced to raise this kid. It revolves around our societal expectations in real life. Get married, buy a house, raise a kid, die. The punching message that this movie shows is what makes it a really beautiful horror movie, but the slow burn of figuring out what exactly is happening makes the suspense piece really stand out. The final piece of this entire puzzle that we've talked about today includes psychological thrillers. These are movies that follow the same suspense formula, focusing on one situation or event and figuring out what happened or who did it, but bringing in more twists and turns that really mess with your mind and show more violence revolving around a darker story. Gone Girl would be considered a psychological thriller, but it doesn't really bring in too many mind messes, rather just twists in storytelling. A really fantastic recent film to mention under this category is The Night House. We start the movie by focusing on a woman whose husband has recently killed himself, seeing her walk through their beautiful house all by herself, and reading the note he left for her, which says, you were right, there is nothing, nothing is after you, you're safe now. She starts believing that she's seeing him in the windows, in the hallways, so much so that she thinks that she's going crazy. She starts going through his things to somewhat purge the house and environment of his energy and ends up finding a voodoo book that belonged to him. She also finds a blueprint of their house, but flipped, tying in some of the voodoo rituals with it. She goes to the coordinates of this blueprint at night and finds their exact same house with backwards rooms and numbers throughout. She goes back in the morning and the house is gone, proving that there is something supernatural or voodoo-esque going on here. The ending is an absolutely crazy twist, revealing that the main character died as a child and saw a demon but was brought back to life and has been claiming to be an atheist, seeing nothing after the death all of those years ago. The demon contacted her husband through some of these rituals or something that he was doing, and so the husband built an identical house and started murdering women with similar features to our main character in an attempt to trick the demon into taking someone else's soul instead of his wife's. He ended up killing himself as a way of letting the demon take his soul instead of his wife's, but the demon comes for her at the end anyway, and that is where the movie ends, in a sense. Even though I just ruined it for you, the movie is absolutely worth a watch, and you'll still be floored by all of the turns and twists that this movie takes. It really messes with your mind while also being scary through the idea of demons and supernatural, places suspense by uh, through us, the audience, and the wife, trying to figure out really what's going on the entire time. The final film we'll talk about today is an all-time classic, many people's favorites and a conversation piece for centuries to come. Shutter Island is the pinnacle of psychological thriller movies. Shutter Island revolves around a man named Teddy, a detective traveling out to Shutter Island to investigate a missing person's case of a woman who escaped the insane asylum that's on the island. There's a torrential storm that hits the island, causing Teddy and his partner to stay for days but the primary doctor saying that the ferry cannot run in inclement weather. Things get weirder and weirder the longer the pair are on the island, and Teddy begins having visions of his wife's death. The doctor continues to brush off Teddy's headaches and visions as symptoms of severe migraines, but Teddy begins to get suspicious of the island and the truly secretive weird things going on here. The staff are very aloof, the inmates all avoid him, and one man in the violent ward tells Teddy about a man named Andrew Latis, saying Andrew's wife drowned their three kids in the backyard lake and arranged the children around the table for dinner before Andrew got home. 
causing Andrew to have a mental breakdown when he saw the disturbing truth. After all of the interrogations and happenings, we come to find out that Teddy is actually Andrew and that he represses the truth about his wife by creating this fake personality of Teddy. Even the spelling of Teddy's first and last name is just a mix-up of the letters in Andrew latest. There was never a missing woman. It was a fake case created to see if Andrew's delusions could be played out in a way that forces him to see the truth. We see Andrew come to terms with the truth, remembering his children dying, but we end the movie seeing him talking to his partner, saying that he really played it up for the doctor and that they had to get off the island. The partner nods to the doctor and Andrew is taken away to receive a lobotomy, looking back at his partner and smiling. We as the audience believe that Andrew figured out the truth, but wanted a lobotomy to forget about his children dying, really being able to forget about the truth, but we'll never be certain. This is just an absolutely amazing movie all around, suspenseful for pretty much everyone of all ages, and a great conversation piece to see just what details the people around saw differently than other people. It's a super slow burn suspense film, a horror film through the setting of The Insane Asylum, and a thriller through the darkness of storytelling. This wraps up our conversation today about suspenseful movies versus thrillers versus horror. I really hope you enjoyed listening to some of these iconic mind-melting movies. Leave a comment below with your favorite thriller film or one that just really totally rocked your brain. As always, thanks for listening and enjoy your weekend and Wicked Wednesday.